0: 17 before 7, cloudy, windy today, highs of only 56, some rain lingering, sunny, warm tomorrow, highs of 66, then a warming trend through the week as the parades crank up again on Wednesday, highs of 68. Nighttime lows, 48-54, so parade time puts you around 60 or so degrees, maybe upper 50s Thursday. Warm and breezy, highs of 70, going up to 74 on Friday. 30% chance for showers creeps in, though. Of course, we all know what happens this week- weekend. 40% chance for showers on Saturday, a 60% chance on Sunday. And looking ahead, as as some of the forecasts have to the Mardi Gras week itself, Monday, cloudy, highs of 65. Then Tuesday, Mardi Gras day, highs of 57, plenty of sunshine. But that's as it stands now. The U.S. was busy over the weekend, um, striking back, I guess, after the attack that killed three servicemen. Uh, WWL uh, CBS analyst Colonel Jeff McCausland joins us now to help us figure out what went on. Good morning, sir. How are you? Tell me, I'm doing well, thank you. CBS military analyst and retired Colonel Jeff McCausland. Tell me, uh, Colonel, for those that uh, don't know or know of it, what exactly the United States um, had to do or what they decided to do to strike back at those that killed the American troops.
1: Well, the United States conducted a series of airstrikes against targets in Syria and Iraq on Friday. We had about 85 targets, well over 100 aim points uh, throughout that particular part of the country. Uh, these were conducted not only by aircraft in the region, most notably F-18s coming off aircraft carriers, but two uh, B-1B bombers actually were used flying from Dias Air Force Base in Texas to deliver their ordnance and then turn right around and fly back, being aerial refueled on the route. So this is a pretty massive uptick Wait, in the scale. they left of from the, Texas? Left from Texas, yeah. Fly a round trip, 6,000 wow. miles. Wow, Okay. Yeah. And this is to send a clear message, not only in terms of the targets and the ordinance, but that we can reach out and touch you anywhere they want you around the globe. So this was clearly, to me, a message that was being sent in particular to the Iranians about the capabilities of the United States. Now, no targets in Iran were physically struck as far as geography, but a lot of the targets that were struck were reported by the White House and Pentagon CENTCOM to be sites that were supporting the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, that we know provides weapons, resources, finance, training, et cetera, to these various groups that had conducted strikes, including the one against Tower 22 there in Jordan, which sadly resulted in the death of three Americans. And then subsequent Saturday and Sunday, additional airstrikes were conducted by the United States, but these were t- against the Houthis down in Yemen uh, for their efforts to interrupt commercial shipping passing through the Red Sea, and their firing of missiles, drones, et cetera, not only at commercial shipping, But in some cases, at U.S. naval vessels. Now, I need to quickly add: so far, at least, none of our ships have been, in fact, been struck. But these are an effort to deter the Houthis continuing those particular attacks.
0: So, the planes that left Texas, the bombers that left Texas, six thousand miles round trip and refueled and route, I guess, there and back. um, They dropped their ordnance where?
1: Iraq and Syria. The targets in Iraq and Syria. These were primarily targeted against Iraqi. Uh, Shiite militia groups that operate in that particular area that have conducted about 160 attacks against U.S. military bases in Syria and in Iraq, even prior to the tragic attack which killed the three Americans at Tower 22.
0: So it's kind of like, while well, we're taking care of what's going on in Yemen. We're going to take care of that, too?
1: Yes, that's exactly right. We okay. have sort of parallel parallel uh, operations going on. Now, of course, the nexus of all this leads you back to Gaza, which is why this, this whole situation is so enormously complex, and that is both groups, the Houthis in uh, Yemen, as well as the Shiite militia groups in Iraq and Syria, claim that the reason that they're conducting these attacks against shipping or against American bases is because of their support for the Palestinians in response for United States' support, support for Israel.
0: So the Houthis that uh, attacked, that launched the attack that killed the Americans were based in Yemen?
1: No, 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 no. Houthis are the ones attacking the ships. The groups that killed the Americans were uh, largely Iraqi Shiite militia groups that operated in Syria and Iraq. In fact, the, the missile or, or, or drone, rather, that struck Tower 22 there in Jordan actually was launched from Syria. Uh, this, Tower 22, in the particular location in, in Jordan, is right at the, the nexus between Jordan, Syria – uh, uh, and Iraq. That's right what I was there, geographically close try, all
0: three. trying to figure out because Yemen's a decent uh, distance away, or at least the entire right. uh, entirety of Saudi Arabia away from Jordan, and that's exactly. what I didn't figure out. Okay, so um, when it comes to these proxy groups, they are proxies of whom, and how official is that um, relationship between the proxy and and their uh, supporter? I guess.
1: Yeah, people use phrases like proxies or clients. Uh, I prefer to describe the, both the Houthis as well as these Shia militia groups as backed by Iran, okay. not necessarily directed by Iran. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, backed by Iran, Iran provides them money, provides them training, provides them weaponry, et cetera. <clears throat> There's no two ways about that. Did they actually, they, the Iranians, direct the um, these groups to strike Tower 22, or are they directing – The Houthis specifically on targeting particular ships, that is less clear. That is less clear. They work through those particular groups. And those groups also have their own agendas that they're trying to fulfill and therefore have a certain degree of independence from Iran, except, of course, as I said, the vast majority of the weaponry, drones, missiles, rockets, munitions, do in fact originate in Iran.
0: Yeah, because this is extremely expensive weaponry, right? And somebody's got to be paying for this?
1: In some cases, it is Tom. But in some cases, it's not. I mean, we're talking relatively inexpensive drones. You know, we're hung up with a bunch of explosives that can be pretty doggone deadly. And one of the challenges. How are you defining
0: relatively inexpensive, Colonel? I'm just curious.
1: A few thousand dollars.
0: Really? Okay. Uh, but,
1: yeah, but you may end up using a you know a million dollar air defense missile to shoot down a couple thousand dollar drone. Mm-hmm. So that's one. That's one of the challenges you got in these particular operations.
0: And when you, as you mentioned that, I was thinking, you know, going back to 9-11 with the death by a thousand cuts where the hoodies are hurting the Americans or at least the taxpayer, even if the, their attack is not successful for the very reason that you just stated, right?
1: is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Exactly. I mean, if you take the Houthis and the Red Sea, for example, <clears throat> what we've seen since they began their attacks on shipping is the number of ships passing through the Red Sea, which is a pretty, pretty important economic waterway, has been cut in half. The price to deliver one container, now most of the transit of the Red Sea is going to Europe, but the price of moving a container from, say, Singapore to Rotterdam uh, has has about tripled in cost because the vast majority or a significant number of these large cargo vessels are now not going through the Red Sea. They're diverting, going all the way around the Horn of Africa. That's crazy. To deliver to deliver whatever they've got, you know, auto parts or whatever it might be, to ports in Europe.
0: And for people that don't know, they should open a map or look at a globe to see just how substantial that is. Um, Four
1: thousand. 4,000 miles additional travel.
0: So what what, what do we know about what we hit with these attacks over the weekend and how efficacious were they?
1: Well, we haven't got details, but, again, the Pentagon and White House, say the targets were, of course, weapons, weapons storage areas, command and control, et cetera. That's what we were going after. I think in the case of the attacks in Syria and Iraq, they were really trying to hit those sites where the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps have personnel, so trying to reach out and, and touch them. In the aftermath, we do what's called battle damage assessment. In other words, they'll use, either use satellite imagery, fly drones over the battle area to get surveillance, and make an assessment of how effective or ineffective that particular strike was, and then they'll decide if there are going to be subsequent strikes. Now, over the weekend, Jake Sullivan did a whole series of interviews, the National Security Advisor, and he clearly suggested that the attacks in Syria and Iraq are not the end but rather the beginning. So, we might well see these happening again over the next few days.
0: Colonel, this goes to the complexity. And somebody texted in about, you know, and it's easy to have a lot of bravado when you're safe in your home here in the United States. And um, it's not you that, it, that is a member of the military or your family member. But what would, for those that are clamoring to go in and go to war with Iran, what would that look like?
1: Well, if you like the war in Iraq, you're going to love the war in Iran. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. First of all, Iran, population-wise, about three times that of Iraq. Iraq, obviously, a great deal of deserts, Spent a lot of time in Iraq. Uh, Iran, a much more difficult terrain, a lot of mountains, et cetera. Um, And it would be an unbelievable invasion and cost us millions, if not billions or trillions of dollars to affect that and and the death of a large number of young Americans along the way, not to mention the damage and destruction that the Iranians could rot because, of course, they have their own military forces. They have long-range missile systems. They have demonstrated over the last couple months in conducting missile strikes into Pakistan and missile strikes into Syria in response to some terrorist attacks that occurred on Iranian soil. So an attack on Iran would result in them probably striking out across the region. Last but not least, of course, though we don't depend on oil supplies coming out of the Middle East too much anymore – Uh, a lot of the world does certainly countries like china japan korea certainly do a lot of countries in europe more dependent than ever because of the war in ukraine depend on oil and natural gas coming from the persian gulf while war with iran you're going to shut all that down and that's going to have a reciprocal effect on the american economy as you see the price of oil hit about 150 bucks a barrel
0: and if you were to um, knock out iran let's just say for example if you break it you own it but then some other bad actors is going to step up and, and start ha- with their own, quote, proxy groups or backing other terrorist groups, are they not?
1: It's really that's really quite possible. Uh, the, the real question, of course, is only what would happen in Iran, whether or not you could affect a new government in Iran that was more amenable to working with the United States and the international community. Mm.
0: It's complicated. Thank you, Colonel. I appreciate your time, as always. Uh, CBS Military Analyst Colonel Jeff McCausland, 654.5 Traffic WWL.